I'm here to declare my love for Hypatia the Philosopher. Who was Hypatia of Alexandria? The gifted ancient philosopher, mathematician, and astronomer. And what was so revolutionary about her ideas? What if we dared to look at the world just as it is? Let us shed for a moment every preconceived idea. Why were political elites so threatened by Hypatia's philosophical beliefs? You don't question what you believe. You cannot. I must. What was it like to be a female philosopher in ancient Egypt? I could just unravel this just a little bit more. And just get a little closer to the answer, then, then I would go to my grave a happy woman. Why was Hypatia murdered? Our guest is Edward Watts, author of Hypatia, The Life and Legend of an Ancient Philosopher. Hypatia of Alexandria. I believe in philosophy. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Who was Hypatia of Alexandria? What was so revolutionary about her ideas? And why did they lead to her eventual murder? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landing. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy, and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, it's the first episode in our new series, Wise Women generously funded by a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. We'll be talking about the life and thought of Hypatia of Alexandria. In her time, at the 4th century, Hypatia was one of the most famous philosophers in Alexandria, and indeed in the ancient world. She studied so many different things, mathematics, astronomy, philosophy. Yeah, and she taught about them too. Under her leadership, the Alexandrian school was really prestigious, right up there with the Academy of Athens. People came from far and wide to study there, and they were from all different religions, too. Some of them were Christians, some of them were pagans like her. Everybody loved her. Well, not everybody. She did end up murdered by a mob of Christian extremists. Yeah, she was killed for her philosophical beliefs, and particularly for her Neoplatonism. Right, that was a system of beliefs developed by people like Plotinus. It said that the divine force at the heart of the universe is this thing called the One. It's purely intellectual. And it's also where our souls ultimately come from. Hypatia thought we could get closer to the one by living lives of contemplation. Yeah, it's such an interesting idea and pretty inoffensive, too. Why on earth would Christians have a problem with it? Well, there was a rival version of Neoplatonism that was much more at odds with Christianity. And that version emphasized rituals, including animal sacrifice. Christians drew the line at sacrificing an animal to pagan gods. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't Hypatia's fault. Her version of Neoplatonism wasn't even big on rituals. It was more about cultivating virtues, the kind that allow you to transcend the physical and experience the one. You're right. It was totally unfair. She got targeted by a guy named Cyril, the, the Bishop of Alexandria, who wanted to take down the Roman governor, Orestes. And Hypatia was a friend and advisor to Orestes, so Cyril started spreading these vicious rumors about her, and those rumors eventually got her killed. But nothing she believed was especially hostile to Christianity. Yeah, that's true. You know, in fact, many of her students were Christians, like Synesius, who wrote a series of hymns that kind of seemed to bring together Neoplatonism and Christianity. He described the divine as having these three different aspects, one heavenly, one angelic, and one earthly. It's just like the Christian trinity. That is totally fascinating. And Hypatia was obviously a really 
powerful intellectual figure. It's an incredible shame that she got cut down in her prime. She, she had a unified philosophical system. She knew a ton of math and astronomy. And she ran one of the most prestigious schools in the ancient world. And she accomplished all that as a woman in a male-dominated field. She's remained an inspiration to female philosophers throughout the ages. There's even a journal named after her. That's true, but don't forget that she wasn't alone. Pandrosian of Alexandria, Sosipatra of Pergamon, Asclepigenia of Athens. There were tons of prominent female philosophers at that point in history. Yeah, why don't we hear more about them? It's true there's now a movie about Hypatia, but she's still not a household name like Plato or Aristotle. Well, that's why we're doing this series on wise women. We'll be celebrating 16 unsung heroines of philosophy from Hypatia in the 4th century to Judith Jarvis Thompson in the 20th and 21st. Their philosophy has sometimes been overlooked and often underrated. But not around here. Amen to that. I'm excited to kick things off with Hypatia. In a minute, we'll be joined by Edward Watts, professor of history at UC San Diego and author of Hypatia, the life and legend of an ancient philosopher. But first, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Angela Johnston, to find out more about the life and times of Hypatia. She files this report. In one of the final episodes of the popular TV show, The Good Place, a group of friends finally make it somewhere they've been trying to get to for four seasons. There, at a party, one of the characters spots his idol from across the room. Are you, are you Hypatia of Alexandria? Yep. How's it hanging? It's hanging really well. Um, I, I gotta say, I was expecting you to be still, you know, ancient Greek. Oh, well, no, we sort of stay current in this place. In this scene, Hypatia is played by actress Lisa Kudrow, Phoebe from Friends. And she's decked out in a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey with Hypatia spelled in big white letters on her back. Spoiler alert, she is apparently the only famous philosopher to make it into this so-called heaven. Plato, slavery. Socrates, too annoying. A loud chewer. Also, is it Hypatia or Hypatia or in the ancient Greek, who put to you? There's a lot of fun debate about this. You know what? Just call me Patty. Hypatia was a really extraordinary woman. That's Alex Petkus, a former classics professor and current podcast host. She didn't just teach philosophy. She didn't just teach people math and astronomy, which were part of philosophy at the time. But she actually managed to get into a position of leadership in her city, which is one of the great cities of the ancient world, Alexandria, which is in Egypt. When Hypatia was born in the middle of the fourth century, Alexandria was the second largest city in the world after Rome. It was bustling and diverse. We have Jews and Christians and pagans and Scythians and Egyptians and Romans and big business interests and organized crime. Hypatia got into teaching and philosophy through her father, a mathematician and philosopher named Theon. She apprenticed alongside him as he was teaching his students Euclid's theories of geometry. And at some point, Hypatia's dad decided those current textbooks weren't good enough. Theon said, I'm going to make a new edition of Euclid. And he brings in Hypatia to help him draw the diagrams. And when they finish the work, she gets to put her name on it. So they co-authored this. She eventually takes over the school and begins teaching students herself. But it turns out there aren't many other documents or texts by Hypatia that still exist. Scholars like Petkus have to reconstruct a lot of her life from her students' writings and letters. I did a lot of research on one student in particular, a guy named Synesius of Cyrene. Synesius also shows up on the Hollywood screen, where he has a minor part in the 2009 movie about Hypatia, Agora. 
What mysterious wonder do you all think might be lurking beneath the earth that would make every single person and animal and object and slave settle there? Synesius? They're waiting us. In this scene, Synesius is in a classroom where Hypatia is teaching a room full of men of all different religions. Synesius is Christian. Hypatia is pagan. Outside the classroom walls, the religious battle between the two groups is violently heating up. But under Hypatia's lectures, it seems to be cast aside. Synesius, what is Euclid's first rule? If two things are equal to a third thing, then they are all equal to each other. Good. Now, are you both not similar to me? Yes. And you, Orestes? Yes. Now, I am actually saying this to everybody here in this room. More things unite us than divide us. Near the time of her death, Hypatia was an intimate advisor to the Roman governor Orestes, and religious tensions were at an all-time high. The Roman governor has this job of, like, how do I calm the seas? Um, and we don't know exactly what sort of things she said to him, but the fact that she was there saying them, it's, it comes out clearly from our sources, both on what her, her life was like and also why she kind of became a threat to the bishop and why she had to go. Hypatia didn't want violence. Neither did Orestes. But the new Christian bishop, Cyril, wanted to stir things up. You start to look around if you're a kind of average Christian citizen of Alexandria, and you're like, oh, there's a witch. Petkus says the bishop didn't call a hit, but his supporters thought he'd be happy about it. Her murder was brutal. You know, she gets pulled from her carriage in the street as she's on her way home one day by supporters of Cyril. And this just was shock and horror throughout the Christian world. That's not how we do business. And yet it's kind of gone down to their shame ever since. After her death, it's said that Alexandria wasn't the same. But Hypatia's legacy as an influential woman who questioned everything has lasted for more than a millennium. I believe in philosophy. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Angela Johnston. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.